to this uh, chat. I mean, so uh, say, could you please help introduce yourself so that our viewers know more about what you've been doing and what you do? Yeah, and thanks for having me. So my name is Ross Brenner. I'm the Senior Vice President of Profit Trust. And what we are is we're a tech company that helps any brand that ships with FedEx, UPS, or DHL save money on their shipping costs. And we do that in a couple different ways. The first way is we automate the money back guarantee refund policy so that every time a client is owed money for a refund for a late delivery, a damaged package, a fuel surcharge, a residential surcharge, a dim divisor, and about 35 other categories, rather than them having to call up the carrier or email them and spend time getting the refund back, our technology processes these claims on their behalf automatically so they're getting refunds without actually having to take action and our technology does that through the carrier api so we're able to save them money both on the refund side and then on the back end we analyze their rate agreement to determine if their rates are considered market appropriate or if there's room for improvement and we help them renegotiate their contract so that they always have the best rates possible and they don't overspend with their carrier because it's all about cost savings and it's all about optimization and making sure our clients pay less for the same service is kind of our motto. Okay, cool. Uh, so I, I, you, you just said that there are 35 different ways in which basically uh, e-commerce brands or DTC operators can essentially lose money on shipping. Correct. When they ship with DHL, FedEx, and UPS, UPS, uh, that's 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 an insight for us. Like, I mean, uh, we've we've. I, I'm sure that most DTC operators don't know those 35 categories. Uh, so, what is the typical uh, average money loss that you exp uh, see, like people having, like due to these charge checks, chargebacks? I would say that on average, our clients are seeing anywhere from eight to 15% in refunds that they're currently leaving on the table. One, because they don't know if they're entitled to the money back and it's hard to identify. Plus there's only a 15 day leeway or courtesy window that they're able to apply for a credit. Um, so when they see these credits back through our technology, it's often a credit back into their FedEx, UPS or DHL account. And that gets credits to their invoice. So we don't, as the provider, we don't broker it or take a piece and forward it on to the client. We actually get the credit put back into their account 100%. And then as part of our business, the only way that we make money is by saving them money, strictly contingent. So we take a percentage of how much we save them, but it has to be after they've already gotten the refund. So the refunds are already in their account, and then we invoice them for our share. That's our model. But when you talk about the different categories, there's a number of categories, like we talked about at the beginning of this call, late deliveries, damage packages, fuel surcharges, dim divisor, dimensional overcharges, manifest voids. A lot of shippers don't know that if you print a label, but you don't use it, you're actually paying for it, but you shouldn't be paying for it. So we help our clients get the money back for that. But there's numerous categories that our technology looks for on every package that they send. And if one or two or 10 infractions hit within delivery, 
our technology is identifying that and applying for a credit on their behalf for that refund category. Cool, cool. So, so yeah, so um, just a follow-up question on that. So this is so essentially uh, with Conigal, we've got like uh, uh, Shopify stores who use Conigal in over 80 countries now. Um, so just a quick uh, question around like, so is this a US specific problem or this is a global problem? So it's a global problem. Origin and destination don't matter. The important category here or the important thing to note here is that the refunds are issued back to the client's account. So they have to own the FedEx, the UPS, or the DHL account. That has to belong to them. They have to have a username and password to be able to generate these refunds and come onto our system. If they're using the Shopify rates, that's going to exclude them from these benefits because, yes, they'll see an added benefit by shipping under the Shopify rates because it might be a better rate that they're entitled to, but they're not able to generate the refunds on the back end and have their rates analyzed because the rates and the agreement don't belong to them. It belongs to Shopify. So they're essentially losing out on this 8 to 15% in refunds by using the Shopify platform. Nothing against Shopify. They do a great job and they do offer good discounts. But the clients that ship under their own account are seeing added benefits from the refunds and from the rate optimization because they own the account and they can manage the account and they have the ability to negotiate with their carrier for better rates and terms different from when you ship on a shopify platform where the shopify team or the shopify app owns your rates so you don't have the ability to negotiate for better terms and better rates so so just to uh, kind of summarize what you just said uh, so we, we, are, we are big on helping merchants improve their profit margins um, so it seems like Profit Trust helps them do that by tackling the specific shipping problem. Uh, and there seems to be like around 8 to 15% margin that they can recover from the shipping. Exactly. Right? That is correct. That is correct. And everything we do is cost savings as well. So okay. only way that we make money, Profit Trust makes money, is by saving a client money. There's Ooh. no other fees added on. So it's strictly contingent, zero downside. And to your point, we focus on cost savings that's our whole intent that's our purpose we provide added consultative services but it's always around getting the client the absolute best rates and obtaining their refunds that they're owed cool so essentially what we've realized at conigal is that there are like seven strategies to improve a profit margin of any like e-commerce business and one of those strategies is reducing costs. So what we do is we go and study different businesses, different companies that are helping people essentially with any of these seven strategies. And we identify these tactics. So it seems like one of the tactics now that you've like shared with us and which we will further share with our audience now is essentially ability for them to gain like get these dis like these disc um, refunds on the shipping or shipping of the parcels that they have done yeah uh, eventually so this so this so now just like from the top of your head like uh a, a say say there's a shopify like store right like in uh, let's say for example in the us who's who's using shopify's uh like shipping right like essentially they use sh shopify's shipping and and now if they decide to use go on their own have their own like 
account with DHL and they would like to like kind of so what so you are you so what would you say would they eventually make more money like or would it be eventually would it be worth the hassle yeah good question very good question so you're able to do two things on Shopify you can either have your own rates and hook up your UPS FedEx or DHL account to your Shopify store and ship under your account or ship under the Shopify's rates but as we mentioned at the beginning of the call there are pros and cons to both right so if you're looking to only obtain better rates and you want to give up the refunds then maybe it might say might make sense to ship under the Shopify platform their rates however if your volume is significant and it's going up and your store is doing very well and now you've gotten into that next tier well you could be above what Shopify is offering to you in terms of your pricing discounts you might be entitled to better rates on your own so it's really understanding so what so where would you, yeah, go yeah, ahead. yeah so what would you say is the tipping point when a store decides to kind of have their hook up their own uh, user account of DHL on Shopify rather than use Shopify what so would be if you're typically what I've seen is if you're spending $25,000 or more per month on mm -hmm. shipping with FedEx UPS or DHL you should probably be on your own rate agreement and the reason for that is because you've gotten into another tier with bigger discounts and more importantly is you're gonna get the refunds that you're owed from your carriers and it's going to get credited back to you because Shopify will not give you in most cases sometimes they do but in most cases will not give you your refunds because you don't control the account so you're giving up the 8 to 15 percent in refunds plus you might be entitled to an 18 to 35 to 40 percent discount under your own rate agreement if you're spending the 20 dollars or more per month so it's just a matter of looking at your rate agreement determining where you stand, what tier are you in, and what discounts are you, are you entitled to. And this is what we do every single day. We look at all of those metrics and we determine where do you stand, how much are you entitled to save, both on the refund side and rate discount side, and what does that look like in dollars and cents? Okay, cool. So this is quite quite insightful, actually. Um, so any store that's that's spending more than $25,000 on shipping should essentially consider not using Shopify's built-in shipping system and use their own. And ideally, like, partner with companies like yours to help uh, execute this uh, refunds process to yes. margins. Refund process and rate optimization process, which is very important. It's Today, you're spending... $20 on a five pound zone eight ground package. But our analysis has determined that that same package should actually cost you $12. And we help our clients implement that $8 net savings if they're using their own account as opposed to a blanket standard rate that Shopify offers. So you're gonna pay $20 for that package time and time again, and you're never gonna know when you're entitled to pay 12. This is of course just an example. But to your point, anyone with significant volume should be under their own shipping account. Anybody that has their own account already qualifies for the profit trust system, will get refunds, and we will analyze your rates. So, but so, the ones that have the higher volume 
are yep. more likely to get bigger discounts because they've gotten into that next tier. Cool. So let's let's flip. So what we've seen, right? We've seen like uh, usually there are like small stores who are basically doing like fifteen to twenty orders, twenty five orders a month. Um, they start on Shopify and essentially they don't make any money for like years. Like I, I have, I have had the uh, experience of talking to some of these stores, um, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's quite sad that they aren't able to like kind of. And they typically, essentially, like until they offer free shipping, so they don't, they don't even get orders. For example, so let's let's take a small case study of a store that's like doing like twenty orders a month, like for argument's sake, right? Uh, as you said, like maybe they they're spending like twenty dollars on their order uh, for shipping, uh, but you think that they should be not spending more than twelve dollars, for example. Uh, now, does it make sense for such a small store from day one to have their own uh, shipping account and like go after refunds to improve their margins? Because for them, they're still like for them those eight dollars are still a lot of money, right? Yeah. Yeah, so for the smaller stores that don't have volume just yet or smaller volume, the pricing discounts that they'll probably get under a Shopify will probably be greater than what they would have on their own. So it might make sense to use a Shopify account or platform for their shipping because the discounts that they will get off the bat will be greater than what they're going to get off the bat. Now, once they've started building up their store and they start doing more volume and they start making more money and they start shipping more, at that point, we like to analyze what they're doing and how they're doing it and if there's room for improvement on their rate agreement. And if so, we can then tell them how much they're entitled to save by renegotiating their contract. And we help them with that process. But for a smaller store with minimal volume, I think they're better off to be honest, using the Shopify rates because those rates are probably bigger than what they're going to get. Um, and that was an example, the 20 to 12, but it's a very good example because we do see clients that often go from 20 to 12 uh, and they don't even know it or they didn't even realize that they were entitled to these discounts until we approach them and say, hey, these are the rates you're entitled to. We should now look at your rate agreement, analyze it, and renegotiate because you don't want to lose that $8 on every package. That should be a savings into your account. Cool. So let's let's take this a bit further, right? So uh, a lot of people use 3PL, right? Yes, they do. Uh, yeah. So how does 3PL fit into the scheme of things? So uh, are you saying that the model for 3PL operators is to basically manage this, have their own shipping account with DHL, um, and then eventually push through all these parcels through that one shipping account and then keep the uh, refunds, money made on refunds as their way of making money? Is this how they work? What's their business model? So 3PLs are a great business. I work with dozens of 3PLs and they're great for our platform just as we are for theirs because they're generating many different shipping um, labels, paying for the shipments. They're doing the pick pack fulfillment on behalf of the client who oftentimes doesn't want to do it, doesn't want to spend the time doing it, and it makes sense. And unfortunately for the client, 
is they're going to get, just like a Shopify, they're going to get the benefit of the 3PLs rates because their volume is so significant. But again, they're going to lose out on the refunds unless they work out a deal with the 3PL to say, hey, I would like the refunds, which in most cases they do or don't get. It really depends on the relationship. So, so just to, so, so as, as a small, so let's, let's say a, a small store, right? There's a small store. Uh, should I go to my 3PL operator and tell me, okay, you're giving me a discount based on your shipping rates because you've got volume but you should hey you should give me a better rate because you are also getting refunds and you should you should pass on some of those savings to me you is this ask. Yeah. i would ask i would just ask i mean the worst they can say is no okay. right um but oftentimes there's not a lot of uh power from the shipper because the 3PL is already doing so much work on your behalf and they have to charge a markup. It's how they make money. It's how they stay in business. And they're doing all the fulfillment on your behalf. They're printing all the labels. They're doing all the work. So mm -hmm. it depends on your 3PL and your relationship with them. But I don't think it would be a bad thing to ask and say, hey, you know, I know every once in a while we're getting refunds for infractions, right? Delivery issues, damage packages, things like that. Could we work out something where you pass along the refunds back to us? Some of my 3PLs do offer that, but some of them don't. And it's just the way, it's just business as usual, right? It's, it's, they're doing all the work. They're going to get the refunds. They're entitled to it. But if you've got a good relationship with your 3PL and you can ask them, can't hurt to ask. Awesome. Awesome. So just where we are. So here's how it goes. Anybody doing above $25,000 should actually use their own shipping account and manage their refund process to improve their margins if, I mean, yeah, go ahead. yeah and if you're if you are really small then you should try and negotiate and if you use a 3pl then you should try and ask your 3pl to pass on some of the benefits back to you as a way of improving your margins yes awesome i would say so and by the way anyone that's shipping more than twenty-five thousand a month under their own account they can try to manage the claims process and analyzing their rates, but oftentimes they're going to come up short because it takes a lot of time and manpower to be able to get your refunds, put in the claim, get in touch with your carrier, send the proof, rather than automating it like a profit trust would, where we're doing the whole thing for them. And, you know, it's an added benefit to them. So some clients try and do it on their own and they're successful. But other clients realize, well, we don't want to put, you know, Jonathan in shipping uh, onto this entire process. We'd rather you manage it for us, generate your credits, and then we can make some money together. Well, actually, I mean, it's it's like even Jonathan in shipping wouldn't like be able to like kind of know the entire universe of claims that are possible. And uh, yeah, so it makes sense to uh, work with some someone like you uh, to help them. Absolutely. I mean. Yeah. And especially because there is no money charged upfront, it's all based on what money you save them. So it's basically a win-win, right? So, it's always a win-win, no downside. Awesome. So just like now, like evolving this. Uh, so you you work with quite a few brands, uh, or DTC brands. So I, I mean, this is something that we like to like kind of understand from everyone because so is there any myth around brand building that you see that you would like to bust or is it like i mean it's like something which like 
people believe to be is true is like a myth, right? Like, and what do you mean? Uh, essentially, I would like to like. Essentially, is there is there like something that people usually tend to believe which is true but isn't true in your experience around brand building, like brands? Um, I mean, people believe that once you start an online store, because you lack the amount of overhead, right, from a retail operation, that you're going to make more money. And it is true that your outreach, having an online site that can be clicked on thousands of times as opposed to a retail operation that you're relying on people to walk in, um, you're going to get more exposure. But just because you start an online store doesn't mean you're going to be successful. I think you have to put in a lot of time and energy in building your site to make it user friendly, to make sure all the links take you exactly where they want to, to provide good discounts for first time users or second time users to get repeat customers. If you're looking to build a subscription brand, it's a very specific thing. And there are many companies out there, a few that I work with that do a very good job of helping a company sell more than one product on a subscription basis. So just because you start an online store doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Marketing is extremely important. Brand awareness is extremely important. Posting on certain social media platforms is extremely important. So there's a lot of different metrics that go into brand building rather than just posting an online store and expecting to get thousands of orders. There's much more to it than that. Yeah. You're, you've hit the nail on the head, right? Like here, like these are all things that essentially, like for example, offering a discount for first time buyers, second time buyers. In fact, like we did a study of around a million stores and we found that less than 20% customers actually come back and place a second order on the store. 10 orders are placed by less than 0.2% of stores uh, of customers on any given store. Yeah. And uh, essentially offering a second order discount for the order, discount for the second order is one of the best ways to kind of forex your customer lifetime value. Yeah, and uh, things like like making sure your website links work. Uh, your links are actually being uh, seen by search engines. Like a lot of these websites have orphan pages, which they don't know. So all of these things that you say make a lot of sense, and we see them in the data that we analyze all the time. Um, yeah. And I would also add, you know, post-purchase surveys mm -hmm. are, are important. How was your experience? Ease of customer checkout. Do you have to make them go through a number of different hoops? Do you offer Apple Pay? What kind of uh, credit cards do you accept? You know, once you get, I mean, retention is huge. Once you get someone to put something in a cart, how successful are you in getting them to actually check out with that item, right? Abandoned cart issues are extremely high. So understanding how to convert those abandoned carts into sales is extremely important. Also, post-purchase surveys, um, uh, Google reviews, all these different things are valuable metrics to be able to put you in a position of failure to success and implementing different strategies like we talked about, the discount codes, the retention piece the subscription offerings, the surveys, all of these different metrics are um, should be utilized by most brands if they're not doing that already. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, on the point of like abandoned carts and like analyzing how your checkouts are working, I mean, it is exactly like within Conigal, there is 
uh, a tool that helps people do that as well. Uh, it's it's basically we we classify your checkouts as being spam or not spam or where is a legitimate person. Um, in fact, uh, we've got customers who use another automation whereby they sell high value products. Like their average order value is around like eight hundred dollars. And what they do is like rather than sending an automated email, they get an alert from Conigle when they when when somebody does an abandoned checkout, and then they have somebody call and convert the sale. Because for them, it makes a lot more sense to call a person to make sure that the sale goes through. Yeah. Said, like just because you open an online store doesn't mean that offline techniques don't work. <laughs> Absolutely. And a follow-up email is important. Maybe even an SMS text. Hey, I noticed you left this in your cart. Did you want to continue the checkout? So there should be follow-up metrics that are, uh, are put into place to make sure that that doesn't happen because abandoned cart issues, as you know better than anyone, um, are extremely high and getting that conversion rate up is you know a make or break sometimes we actually did we did uh analysis on over a million abandoned cards uh like cards we saw that more than like 78 percent of them actually get abandoned mm -hmm. even uh only 20 percent actually even eventually go through and uh it's 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 quite like uh i mean and there are a variety of reasons not just store speed right like so it's just like pricing is not the mark or to your point shipping they realize that uh, suddenly that oh it costs money to ship they're no more interested yeah. yeah yeah so if you can figure out a way to offer free shipping that isn't going to put you in a negative um you should try and figure that out but how do you figure that out well that's the key here yeah yeah pretty cool pretty cool just like a quick question on like so we've this we've we've this thing right. We also try to like kind of see in the future like how e-commerce is going to evolve. Uh, what do you think, uh, in your opinion, how e-commerce is going to evolve in the next three to five years? Well, it depends on the industry that you're in. I think we've all seen a transition from retail to online, right? A lot of stores are not as present street wise and are more present online so i think you're going to continue to see a lot more online purchases rather than in-person purchases i think that you're seeing a lot more retail operations are almost like a marketing piece uh, and are losing money you know look at let's take banking industry for an example you know you see a chase in the united states you see a chase branch on every other corner there's not as many people to go into a Chase branch anymore. You don't need that. So that's just a marketing tool. You see Chase, well, you're more inclined to use Chase and you think they're on every corner, so they're gonna sign up for a Chase account. Same thing for retail operations. You're gonna see a retail store, but you're not, you may not go into that retail store. You might get home after uh, you know, a long day at work and go online and go to that retail shop online. So I think you're going to continue to see more and more usage from online brands, direct to consumer, e-tail, retail, uh, uh, rather than retail. And so, that evolution is going to continue to grow. So, so just so I understand, so you're essentially saying that just like in banking, like most of the banking that we do now is actually online, but we still have bank branches. Um, similar to this, we will have retail stores, showrooms like shops and malls etc cetera, etc cetera. but at the end of the day people, most of the buying will happen online so essentially your retail operations are going to be a loss leader yeah absolutely uh, cool 
Cool, cool, cool. Actually, that's 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 quite an interesting point because the way we try to uh, explain to uh, folks who speak to us is essentially like, as you said, right? Like, just because you open an online store doesn't mean that you're going to get traffic. In fact, it is even much more tougher. The easier it is to open an online store, the difficult, more difficult it becomes to um, get traffic because there are so many of them now. Um, because you're in a mall, you're actually like getting like captive audience which is going to come there for different brands and you can get awareness so your point of this being like a loss leader and you just using it as a marketing vehicle at the end of the day is quite spot on actually it's it's the way it, it goes and if you see something well okay now you've gauged intrigue and now what are you going to do you're going to go on your phone you're going to go on your computer and you're going to look up well what company is this what do they have to offer what can i buy you know, so it's just like the online presence is a follow up to your initial visualization. Um, but yeah, it all goes back to the point of the loss leader. It's almost like a marketing expense. You know what I mean? Just just having that being able someone to go in and touch the clothes or the shirt or the widget or whatever they're feeling or looking for. And then, OK, this triggers an online purchase later on. So to your point, yeah, I would I would agree with that. Awesome. So yeah, so uh, we've we've come to the end of our conversation here. Um, uh, quite a few insights. Actually, this is like one of the coolest things I've I've heard about these thirty-five different categories on which you could get refunds when you ship something. Uh, so just to like kind of uh, your final thoughts around uh, like what basically if. If you had like an audience of like, like all the shop, DTC merchants like sitting and you had like one thing to tell them, what would that be? Well, first of all, if I could, I will share my screen very quickly and show you the 35 different categories. Awesome. You Sure, you can. So I think that'll help you paint a better picture. And once I do that, um, is that sharing? CG, can you uh, allow sharing? You aren't able to share? There we go. Okay. So if you see here, these are the 39 different categories of refunds that a clients are entitled to. Some of them are obvious, like late deliveries and damaged packages, but Dimensional weight calculations, manifest voids, late payment fees, 100 weight charges, residential delivery surcharges, Saturday pickups, Saturday delivery, verification of automatic credits, weight per shipment, pickup time accuracy, manifest voids, which we talked about when you print a label and you don't use it. These are all the categories that our technology looks for on every package that a client sends. And if one or two or 10 of them hit within transit, our technology is filing for a claim on their behalf for these credits. So a lot of shippers know about the obvious ones, but it's the inobvious ones like fuel surcharge accuracy, calculating the fuel index on a daily basis to know that your package from A to B should charge you X, but they charged you Y. Well, why do they charge you Y? Well, figuring out what they should have charged you is a big point there and filing for credit for the difference in cost could save companies 
three dollars a shipment and if you're shipping out a thousand shipments a day or a week you know that's three thousand six thousand nine thousand dollars that you've already gotten back that you would have been charged for so understanding these categories looking for them whether you're using an automated technology like a profit trust or not you should be aware that you're entitled to these sort of refunds for fedex ups and dhl as part of the money back guarantee and analyzing each of these categories for refunds is extremely important when trying to reduce costs pretty cool pretty cool i think yeah. this is quite insightful uh, and uh, i'm sure like uh, most of our merchants and those who kind of uh, view our content would would be would go home enriched from this yeah i mean listen any of your clients and i'm sure all of them are shipping in some capacity being that they're dtc or ecom brands Analyzing your shipping expense is extremely important. If I had one thing I would say to you is embrace technology. It's the way the world is moving. A system like a profit trust where we can automate this entire process of auditing your shipments, analyzing your rate agreement, making sure there's no mistakes and making sure that you're paying as little as possible or paying for what you should be paying for rather than overpaying is gonna be.